And so that's just it. You know, the reality is Jesus is the healer. He's asked us to simply love people, to pray for them. And you just never know when God's going to show up in a dramatic way in some of the most unusual situations and touch people with his love and grace. Because God is loving. This is Charisma Connection. I'm your host, Chris Johnson. My guest today is someone you may be becoming more familiar with if you listen to our show regularly. Each time, Dr. Bob Savell brings us some practical applications for the Christian life as we follow the Holy Spirit. So welcome, Dr. Savell. Well, thank you, Chris. It's good to be with you again this morning and your audience with the Charisma Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. And for those who aren't familiar with you, uh, you and your wife, Carolyn, founded Passion Church in Tucson, Arizona. But before that, you were missionaries in Haiti. And you've also done some seminary teaching, have a master's and doctorate in theology. But I find your writing very accessible. In fact, your latest book is from Whitaker House. It's called Receive Your Miracle Now, A Case for Healing Today. So that title yes. uh, prompts a simple question. Uh, can everyone be the recipient of a miracle? Well, certainly God's provision for healing has been made available through the cross and uh, the atoning work of Christ. His death, resurrection, and ascension make available uh, through uh, all to, to all of humanity, but through the believers, uh, his healing power, his miracle-working power. That's not to say that everyone will work, walk in miracles, although God can certainly use anyone at any time, because He's the healer. We simply pray. Um, oftentimes people ask the question, well, we'll all be healed. You know, if healing's in the atonement, we'll, are all going to be healed? And the answer is, I always like to answer that with another question, we'll all be saved. In other words, the provision for healing uh, no different than the provision for salvation has been made avail- available through the cross, but we'll all receive the free gift of life and salvation that Jesus affords humanity. And the answer is no. We, God still gives us free will, and so not all will receive that. And so in like manner, not all will receive healing. There can be various reasons. Um, there can be hindrances at times. There, there's just a, there is a... a, a, a a providential aspect of healing that we simply don't understand uh, completely on this side of eternity. Uh, but I teach and encourage people to believe for healing, believe for miracles, with the expectation that God is a healer, that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He hasn't changed. He was healing then. He's still healing now. God reveals his love for humanity through healing and miracles. And so we should expect that. Now, again, that said, we should also embrace what I call the mystery of healing, mm. um, the, which simply is not all will be healed. And, and if I could just continue a little bit further, Chris, for one good example, and I write about in the book, chapter six of the book, my own, my own mother passed away from colon cancer. And it was uh, really interesting when she was first diagnosed several years ago of the cancer, Myself, my brothers and sisters, others in the church, we began to pray, pray for her healing. And she actually, she went through surgery and uh, uh, received a pretty amazing healing through the surgery and, and I believe through the prayers. 
where the doctor was shocked. There was no trace of cancer. It was completely gone. Of course, you know, from his perspective, it was in remission. And um, so she was cancer-free for well over two years. Hmm. And suddenly, it was a December of uh, just be- the year just before she just passed away. All of a sudden, she began to complain once again of some uh, gastrointestinal problems and some pain and some things. She goes, after the holidays, I'm going to go in and see the doctor and really, you know, have things really uh, examined once again. And just before she went in to see the doctor that January, I uh, felt the Lord said to me in prayer one morning that the cancer had returned. And sure enough, she had gone in to see the doctor just a couple of days later, and that was his diagnosis and and unfortunately he said not only is the cancer returned but you know it's metastasized you you're, you're full of cancer mm. and so we were all just you know heartbroken and just began to pray and a few days after that I had a very significant dream and in the dream and again I write about this in, in the book um, I saw my mother as a young woman like maybe 20 years of age you know slender you know no longer gray hair long flowing black hair and she's being escorted to this beautiful field and Jesus is on one hand and a couple of angels on the other and she's going through this field and flowers and she gets to the end of the field they get to the end of the field there's this beautiful stone archway and and he leads her through and then and then kind of leads her to the left and and there's this huge crowd of people and and uh in the crowd is my father who had already passed away and, and he's holding up a, a big sign, and it said, Welcome Home, Marion. And that was a dream. And so I woke up, and, of course, it, it was very riveting. And I said, Lord, what are, you, what are you showing me? And and he began to reveal to me that my mother would not be healed of the cancer, that um, she was going to pass into eternity. And uh, honestly, Chris, that uh, affected some of my theology on healing. In other words, I knew Christ was the healer. I knew that miracles and healing were available through the cross and his resurrection and the gifts he's given to the church. I knew church history. I knew the Bible. I knew, you know, theology. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in this very personal way caught in this moment. And I realized, though, there is, the, and you know, years ago, I think there was a song, and some of the lyrics of the song talks about the ultimate healing. And there really is that reality for all of us. At one point, we're going to pass on and be with the Lord. And uh, that is the ultimate healing. That is the fullness of our salvation, spirit, soul, and body. And and so I was at peace with it. I, I shared it with my wife. I didn't really share it with other family members. I just kept praying into it. And uh, because what if I was wrong? What if this dream was my own thoughts? What if this dream was, you know, my own understanding? So I didn't want to. So everyone, we continued to pray. And uh, But I remember one night visiting my mother in Florida, uh, she was hospice care was beginning to come into her home and um, I was alone with her one night and uh, she looked at me and she didn't know about the dream or, or what was going on with me and she looked at me right sternly into my, into my eyes she goes Bob do you think I'm going to beat the cancer this time and I looked at her and I said mom can I share with you and I'm sort of you know this is my mother so I'm no longer <laughs> you know I'm her, I'm her son not a pastor you know Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, Lord, should I share this with her? And I really had a peace that I should share it with her. And so I shared with her the dream, what I felt it meant that her time was was coming. And and uh, and I was very concerned that if I shared this with her, that she might become very fearful, worried, et cetera. But just the opposite occurred. P- 
peace came over her, she goes, she goes, okay, I'm at peace. And she lived for about another six weeks. She was happy. She was at peace. She was at rest. And so actually what the Lord did in revealing that dream to me and then me having the opportunity to share it with her, it was actually a word for her to give her comfort that that God was there with her and God was going to be with her through the whole process of the transition. And so we didn't see the miracle in the way that we wanted, but God made sure the miracle that she needed, knowing that everything was okay. She had gone through some difficult things earlier in life, and I, and I suspect it maybe caused her to question maybe her security in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it, it brought her great peace in that moment. And so the reality is not all will be healed, not all will receive a miracle. The potential, the provision is there with God and what Christ has done for us that, that miracles can happen. And yet we've seen, in fact, we just had a cancer healing testimony this Sunday at church. Uh, one of the, the young couples in our church, uh, his father, uh, family back in Georgia, uh, was diagnosed uh, with uh, cancer in the brain, cancer in the lung uh, here several weeks ago. And so the small group that they're a part of in our church, life group, uh, they began to really pray uh, for his dad, and uh, the, his dad then went back in sometime later uh, to uh, see the oncologist, and the oncologist was uh, just kind of very surprised. He goes, there's not a trace of cancer on the brain or in the lungs. He goes, I, you know, we've done further scanning. There's a small trace of cancer in the hip area, but uh, this is this is a surprise to all of us, and so you know, obviously the entire church this last Sunday rejoiced, you know, to hear that testimony. And we've seen other, you know, cancer healings over the years. And so it, it, miracles happen, but they don't always happen in the way that we see. And so I think we have to embrace that tension of the mystery of healing, just like we pray for many loved ones. And we our desire is that we see all profess Christ and make a decision to follow him, but not all will. But yet the provision is there through what Jesus has done. Well, we, we love it when the doctors are stumped, don't we? <laughs> yes. yes, we do. <laughs> because, you, you know, you never know how God is going to heal because, as you say, he's the one who is the healer. So that yeah. was a really beautiful dream for your mother. I'm, I'm curious, uh, you mentioned that it kind of changed your theology. I'm curious what your theology was before and then how it was changed in that, in that moment. Okay, that's a good question. I, I suppose, Chris, that like many of us, you know, we kind of sometimes are, are, our positions on certain things can swing a little bit left or right. When I was a younger Christian, and I write about this in the book, some of my early experience with Christian faith was more through a cessationist church that really didn't believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Spirit of Divine Healing. And so that sort of dampened some of my belief. But then as time went on, I began to be look through the Bible and read all the accounts of healings and miracles and how God was using the early church, especially in the book of Acts. And, of course, we see with Jesus and the disciples in the Gospels. Um, and so that was, that was building and eventually began to move into more of a revelation that, that healing was for today. And so then I kind of s- s- uh, swung a little bit to more, I don't want to say extreme, but to maybe over, maybe overzealous would be a better way to, to say it, more of, um, uh, of, of a position that healing is in the atonement, 
In other words, Jesus died for our sins, so we have salvation there, but he also carried our sin sick, uh, and sickness and disease on the cross. And again, referring back to Isaiah 53. And of course, Matthew links that in, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. And so taking a real strong position there, and and along with it, if it's if it's in the atonement, and if it's in the Word, then therefore we can stand upon the Word and we can uh, you know, declare our healing, claim our healing, and stand on it. And there's certainly truth in that, and I encourage people to build their faith by reading the Word and believing the promises of the Word, whether it's healing or, any, or anything we're believing for. But sometimes I think we can take that to, to an extreme where uh, I've seen believers make the mistake and uh, where they're they're almost militant, you know, just declare your healing, just receive your healing, brother, you know, sister, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just just stand on the word, you know. And and I understand their 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 zeal and their desire, but the simple reality is no matter how, you know, forceful we may be in praying or how much we declare, or how much we quote scripture, whatever, it's not a formula. God is not a formula. Mm-hmm. And yes, healing is there in the word, healing is 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 uh, there in the atonement, as I spoke a lot this morning on, but the reality is God is the healer, Jesus is the healer, and what that when we come into that awareness and we're operating in that realm, it takes the pressure off of us. Now, I understood this before my mother's situation, but after that situation, it really brought me to even another level of appreciation for just the, the sovereign aspect of God. In fact, a, a book that uh, you can, uh, the, your listeners can find for free on the internet um, uh, by Dr. Charles Price. He's passed on, I think he passed on in 1947. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called The Real Faith for Healing. And it is an excellent book because he was influenced by one of the early Pentecostal leaders, in fact, the founder of the Foursquare Church, Amy Simple McPherson. Mm-hmm. And so he was deeply impacted by her ministry and the miracles that were taking place in, in Los Angeles. And um, if my memory is correct, I believe he was a Methodist minister and trained as a lawyer and that type of thing. And then as as he encountered the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he too began to operate in divine healing. Yet when you read through his book and his teachings on healings, it is extremely well balanced. There were situations where he would go to pray for people, and he would recognize that either they were not ready for healing, or that there was a hindrance in their life, and the Lord told them, they're not going to be healed tonight. He would actually be so bold to tell people, you're not ready yet, and there's some things God wants to work in your life. Hmm. Uh, one example, if, if I remember the story correctly, I believe there was a woman who had a daughter who was very ill. She came three times to his meetings for healing, in like in a week period, crusade or something like that. And on the third night, the Lord quickened to Dr. Price, uh, tell this woman that her husband's not right with me. If she'll bring the husband back to the next meeting and the husband gets his life right with me, her daughter will be healed. Her daughter will be healed. Hmm. Now, imagine getting a word like that as a pastor, I, you know, sharing that with some of my congregation. But he was so bold and he walked with the Lord so long in this that he understood there were, there were ways beyond just him declaring healing over someone. And so uh, he shared that with the woman and she said, okay. And so she shared this with her husband. Well, he came to the next meeting. And, and and brought the child, and the husband gave his life to Christ, repented for his rebellion, waywardness against God, and as soon as the husband got his life right with Christ, the child was instantly healed. It's a remarkable story, 
And it just, for me, solidifies the aspect that absolutely Jesus is the healer. His desire is that all would be healed. But there can be reasons sometimes we don't even fully understand in the providence of God that not all will be healed right in the moment or in the manner in which we think. Sometimes healing is progressive. It unfolds over time. And uh, it's a challenge. I mean, I, I've had a couple of individuals in my church with uh, 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 MS. One received a healing very quickly as we began to pray for him, um, and very remarkable. Another mm. one is still contending and waiting for that full manifestation of his healing. And again, there's that tension, that mystery that's that's there with healing. So. Mm-hmm. So how can we address the doubt that comes in those times? I mean, how can we keep yeah. up our faith as we look to our healer? That's good, Chris. Uh, you know, ultimately, we're called to follow Jesus as his disciples, and he should be our greatest affection. He should be our greatest joy. Our life should be completely found in walking with him daily, you know, and uh just enjoying being in his presence and loving him and realizing that that no matter what in life god is always good if if we if we deviate from that i mean the number one reason theologically that people leave the faith or never come to the faith is they you know they, they question the goodness of god they question the love of god if god is all love and god is all powerful and god is all good then why is there evil in the world? Or why did my loved one pass away of this illness? Or why am I struggling with this illness? And that's the enemy's ploy to really pull us off the steadfast love of God, the faithfulness of God. And so what I always encourage people is, let's be anchored in first and foremost in our relationship with Christ. Because we may not see all prayer answered in the way that we want, whether it's healing or other situations that we're praying for, but we have to stand fast in the in the goodness and the love of God. That's that's the anchor. He's the anchor. He's our hope. He's our joy. And so our greatest delight as a Christian is to just delight ourselves in the love of God, the romance of God, and staying in His presence. And so that's number one what I would encourage people. And then number two, I would say just immerse yourself in the Word of God. Look through the Word. Look for scriptures. Every case that you can find of, it, it talks about healings and miracles. Meditate on those scriptures. It'll build your faith. The Spirit will quicken it in your heart as you contend and you and you wait for, uh, uh, you know, healing. I, I know one friend of ours, uh, she was dramatically healed of a, of a very severe autoimmune disease, and, and the doctors had given her very little prognosis of, of, of recovery, and in fact basically told her to get her affairs in order that she wouldn't have long to live. And she began to really stand on the Word so much that she uh, wrote on the Scriptures, uh, out of the Psalms, You shall live and not die, and declare the good works of the Lord. She wrote that on a little piece of paper and put it on the inside of her shoes. She was going to stand on it. And uh, again, you know, there's this place of being overzealous or or maybe contending in in an unhealthy way, but in her case, the Lord was really quickening some things to her, and so she was standing on the goodness of God, the love of God, but she's going to stand on the Word, she's going to believe God's Word for her life. And and uh, within a few, uh, I believe it was a couple months after she really began to make a real stand for this healing, and she attended one of the, our healing conferences with Global Awakening, mm-hmm. she received a tremendous healing and miracle, and she's still alive today, and God used her. And, healing ministry and travel to many places. And so it was a pretty remarkable healing. So 
So that's a good example that there is a place for standing on the word and contending with what the word says over your life. So I always encourage people, you know, feed on the word, feast on the word. And then thirdly, I would say read, uh, uh, you know, biographies or autobiographies of those that have been used in healing and some of their stories. And uh, as a younger Christian, I used to do that all the time. I used to love reading some of the early Pentecostal leaders like Wigglesworth and, and uh, you know, John Lake and some of these, you know, leaders and, and, and Amy Semple McPherson and others. That, you know, and you can read these stories. And then later I began to read more modern uh, stories of people that God was using in healing and some of their theology and their belief and practice and stories. People like, uh, you know, John Wimber and uh, Catherine Coleman was one when I was, even as a boy, and, and I was raised Catholic, you know. And so... Uh, you know, to my knowledge, my, in my early formative years as a, as a boy really didn't have much introduction to, to healing other than occasionally we lived in Ohio, very close to, close to Pittsburgh, where uh, Catherine Kuhlman had her healing ministry that really blossomed at that season of her life. And I can remember watching her TV show, you know, I Believe in Miracles, and she'd come on, you know, and, and that just gripped me. And so later... As a young man, I, I, I was fascinated by her story and, and reading some of those healing accounts and the miracles and things. And so, so the more that we can immerse ourselves in what God is doing or what He has done in terms of healing, it builds faith. So we've got His Word, we've got you know the, the historical examples. But again, number one is really immersing ourselves in the goodness and the love of God because that is our anchor anchor through all of life's uh, seasons that we go through. Mm-hmm. Well, you have some great stories, uh, modern-day stories that you know about, some personal um, sure. in here about healing. And there's one about, uh, I love the story you tell about healings in the grocery store. I mean, you never know yeah. what's going to happen in your local Fry's or yeah. Publix or Winn-Dixie, do you? Exactly. I mean, God can show yeah. up, right? Exactly. That was one of our guys, uh, Rick, in, the, in our church at that time. and. Uh, he had gone through, I just got done teaching a whole series on what I call encounter evangelism, where we want to encounter people, both God's love and His power, and, and teaching people how to move in the gifts of the Spirit, get, you know, rev- revelation, whether it's a word of knowledge or, or insight, you know, as you're praying for people and encountering people on the streets and sharing Christ with them. And and, the, and so that happened with, with Rick in the grocery store as God began to speak to him a, a word of knowledge about a lady needing healing. and. He prayed for her arm. She couldn't lift her arm up to get a can of soup, I think it was, and uh, she received healing, and then uh, he was continuing shopping, and she followed him a couple of aisles over in the produce aisle, I think it was, and said, I don't know what you did, but, but I can move my arm above my head now, and then someone mm-hmm. else heard, and he prayed, prayed for someone else, and he got healed. And, 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 you know, one time I was at a gas station. I was picking somebody up from the airport and had to stop and get gas, and I'm standing there pumping gas, and a man pulled up right across me, an older man, and he, as soon as he got out of his car, he, he stumbled, and he, and he winced in pain and kind of grabbed his knee, and the Lord said, I want you to pray for him. And, and I said, uh, excuse me, sir, I, I noticed as you got out of the car, you know, you, you had a lot of pain in your knee. I said, I, I'm a Christian, and uh, if you're okay with it, I'll pray for you right here and now, and, and believe God it will touch you and heal your knee. And he goes, Sure, he goes. I've I've done everything else. Why not? You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes. The doctor wants to do more surgery. Go ahead. And so I'm pumping gas, and then he's he's pumping gas. And I start praying for his for his knee. Just prayed a short 
a quick commanding prayer that the pain would go, the knee would be healed, restored, and he had full mobility. And I go, now test it out. And he begins to test it out, and he gets this shock look on his face. He goes, all the pain is gone. He goes, no, seriously, it's all gone. And he, can, <laughs> he starts moving it up and down. And he goes, will you pray for my other knee? I got the same problem with my other knee. Oh, wow. So I pray for the other knee. The exact same thing happens. He's bending up and down. You know, the gas, gas we're still pumping the gas in the car. You know? <laughs> and he's bending up and down. He goes, this is great. This is great. And he's like in his early 70s. He goes, he goes, I love playing flag football. I can go play flag football again. And I'm thinking, no, don't go play flag football. <laughs> Use wisdom, you know. But he was completely healed. And so that's just it. You know, the reality is Jesus is the healer. He's asked us to simply love people, to pray for them. And you just never know when God's going to show up in a dramatic way in some of the most unusual situations and touch people with his love and grace. Because God is loving, and healing demonstrates his love and compassion for humanity. And um, I never saw the man again, probably never will, but uh, he was touched by God at that moment. Oh, that's wonderful. I love his zeal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you, is sickness ever in God's will? That's a question a lot of of people ask. Um, Mm. Let me see if I can answer it this way. Uh, I'm father of three children, got three grandchildren now. Um, My desire is to always give good things to my children my desire would not be to give them something that would cause pain or suffering. Now that said, of course, we all know as parents, we don't do everything perfect, but, but just assume, you know, our heart's desire is to bring them good things and give them good things. And, and that's our desire. And scripture tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights. And so if God is good and every good gift comes from him. Why would he give sickness on individuals? to try to teach them a lesson or make them more like him or whatever. Now, I will say this, I do believe that there are consequences sometimes to our action, behavior, and certainly sin. Um, For example, I have one lady in my church, and she's been faithfully following the Lord now for years, but she was a heavy smoker for many, many, many years uh, before she really gave her life to the Lord and began to follow him. She served very faithfully in the church, and now we see her sporadically in church because she has COPD. She, she has mm-hmm. an oxygen tank that she takes with her all the time. We have prayed for her. We continue to pray for her healing. It's not manifested. I know God loves her. She knows God, God loves her. But there are consequences to her behavior as a smoker for many years that's, a, that's damaging the fact that her lungs. Now, some would say, well, God's punishing her for this. No. For whatever reasons we don't understand, the, the healing hasn't manifested. And so I think sometimes uh, people assume that God is putting the sickness on someone because, you know, there they are, they've been faithful, they've been in the church, serving in the church or whatever, and they've had everyone pray for them, but yet they've not seen the healing, so they just assume that this must be the judgment of God. And in fact, that type of thinking, that theology goes back to about the 5th and 6th century in the church, and I talk about that in my book in the historical section, where prior to that, through the first 400 years of the church, the church had a, a powerful, strong conviction that, that Christ was the victor, that he had triumphed over darkness, and that there were two kingdoms opposed to one another, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light, and we're called to advance the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is healing, there's salvation, there's deliverance from demonic oppression. And so the church actively operated in that paradigm. And so 
so many, uh, you know, people in the church, ordinary people, not just those who are officially priests or whatever, were moving, or, or monks were moving in healing and miracles, uh, that it literally, uh, and I, I, I cite a reference uh, in my book that was written by a Yale scholar, uh, Dr. Ramsey McMullen, and he wrote a book on the Christianization of the Roman Empire, I think it was 8100 to 400, and he did a study, all this research on what caused the great Roman Empire to become Christian. And basically, there were three main factors that he discovered. It was, it was number one, it was uh, people in Roman society seeing Christians heal the sick, deliver the oppressed, and number three, care for the poor. Those were the three reasons that caused the Roman, Roman society largely to turn to Christianity. And considering all the persecution that the Christians went through under the Roman Empire, that's an astounding uh, reality. Uh, for example, there were so many plagues and things during some of the early, that time period in Roman culture and, and around the world, but the, the Christians would stay steadfast even when others were fleeing, even when uh, Roman pagan healers would, you know, they had healing shrines and things would flee the area because of plagues. The Christians would stay there and continue to pray, mm-hmm. and people would, would get healed or they see the steadfastness and the love and the conviction of the Christians. And so I I really, in my heart, know that, that God's desire, and I see this through both His Word, through history, and just just what I consider sound theological understanding of the nature of God. God's desire is to bring people into restoration. If I were to ask the average uh, listener, you know, evangelical Protestant faith, uh, do you believe God desires to heal uh, or uh, to bring all people into salvation? I believe most would answer and say, yes, it's God's desire that all would be saved. And again, it comes back to the argument that we'll all be saved. And the answer is no, but yet God's desire is that to heal, that doesn't mean that all will be healed, again, for various reasons. So God can teach us things in many different ways, and certainly every everything that we go through in life, even every illness that we go through, every situation that we go through, financial struggle, marital problem, wayward son or daughter, you know, stress at work, whatever the case, we learn through all of it. And that's where Paul wrote, you know, God works all things together for our good to those who love him. And so that's the reality. He works all things together for our good. We're constantly, he uses those things to constantly mold us and shape us more in his image. But I think it's, it's poor theology to assume that just because someone's ill or they've had a long-term illness, that it must have been God bringing that upon them. And that was sort of what happened in those early centuries of the Church, you know. And so after we see this great move of the Spirit for this first, first 400 years of the Church, all of a sudden now the Church begins to adopt a thought theology that, uh, you know, God will actually, you know, punish people for their sins and on this side of eternity, and, and, and sickness is a, is, is, is a way for God to teach them things, and God's preparing them for eternal life, and, and all of a sudden the Church begins to move away from praying for the sick, and now all of a sudden the Church begins to giving people last rites because it's more important to get them ready for eternity than to see them healed now. So, so a lot of that was in those early middle centuries and then into the middle ages of the church that theology began to change and that thinking and that theology is still very prevalent in uh, in many of our christian circles today mm-hmm. well i love how you go through the book um with the 
biblically accurate, historically representative, and theologically sound content. So there's a lot in this book. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's, uh, you know, a traditional trade size, it is uh, called Receive yeah. Your Miracle Now, A Case for Healing Today. And so how can people find out more about you, Dr. Savelle, and about your ministry and this book? Well, I have a webpage. It's uh, bobsavelle.com. Okay. And that's simply B-O-B-S-A-W-V-E-L-L-E dot com. And if they go there, not only do I write a weekly blog, they can sign up for the newsletter, but they can get a free chapter of this book. Uh, there's a link there, books, and it has uh, this book, Receive Your Miracle Now, another book that I, I did recently, Fulfill Your Dreams. They can get a free chapter of, of those books and, and certainly more information on how they can order the book if they'd like. And, uh, of course, there's, there's more, you know, info about myself and about our church, uh, Passion Church here in Tucson, which that website is passiontucson.org. And so we live stream our services. And, and I have a YouTube channel where I actually have a whole playlist on healing ministry that I, I teach on. I think there's uh, six or seven about hour-long teaching segments uh, on healing ministry. And so uh, I think I give a real well-balanced approach to healing that uh, the, the listener can go ahead and watch those videos, get more teaching if they'd like as well. So. Oh, that's excellent. Um, so would you mind praying for our listeners who are aiming to receive a healing or maybe seeking yeah. to understand why they're not healed? And I wonder if you would also pray for those who want to be used in healing ministry. Yes, be honored to, Chris. Well, Father, I pray right now for the listener that... Uh, needs a healing, needs a miracle. Lord, I, I just sense in the Spirit that there are some that have been contending. They've been standing on your steadfast faithfulness, God, and, the, and, and your love and your goodness, and they, and they know that in their heart, and they've been reading the Word, they've been studying the Word, they've been standing on those promises, and reading the stories of others that have been used in healing ministry and the miracle stories. And I, and I pray right now, Father, your Holy Spirit would come on them. Holy Spirit, release a healing anointing on every person that needs a healing right now in Jesus' name. I pray especially for those with uh, gastrointestinal problems right now, autoimmune conditions. I speak to those conditions right now. I say be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I, I also see where there's some that are struggling with some very severe kidney uh, situations. Lord, uh, some are on dialysis. They need, they need a miracle. Lord, we speak to the kidneys right now. We say kidneys be whole, pain go kidneys be restored in the name of Jesus. Lord, some with some very serious uh, cardiovascular conditions, heart disease, God, we've seen that heal. We've seen holes in the heart suddenly close up, and the doctors just be amazed that they're going to do surgery, and they can't find the condition that was there. God, we speak to the hearts right now, those, those situations, the cardiovascular system, we see be whole, be healed, be restored, hearts be strengthened, arteries be strengthened, veins. In the name of Jesus, we release your healing. And God, those with cancer, Father, we believe and contend for healing of cancer. We speak to right now every cancerous cell be healed. Cancer die in Jesus' name. New cells form. Cancerous cells die. 
uh, bodies be healed, immune systems be strengthened, the effects of chemo go in Jesus' name. Lord, we release your healing and your strength right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, every other condition, Father, that so many have, God, you know them all. God, we just release your healing word. You sent your word and you healed them, and we declare that over your people right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for those who just have a passion to move more in this kingdom uh, model and ministry of Jesus and healing, I just pray, Lord, you'd release your healing anointing. I pray there'd be an impartation and even words of knowledge, healing, miracles. Father, that, Lord, the more people that we pray for, the more opportunities for you to heal. I pray you'd give them a very strong boldness and courage to, to pray for the family members and friends and neighbors and coworkers, et cetera, those that they know that have healing. Give them the courage. Give them the boldness. Help them to step out, begin to pray more. And Father, I pray that you'd begin to heal many through the lives and through the ministry in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I believe this has been a very powerful podcast and has uh, spoken to many of our listeners. We all want to be available to God, and uh, we thank you for walking us through the scriptural basis for healing today and for sharing all these great testimonies, Dr. Seville. Well, you're welcome, Chris. It's been my honor. Thanks for having me on your show again. Well, this has been Charisma Connection, and we do hope to have Dr. Savell again on another time. Keep writing those books, okay? Okay. I'm working <laughs> on another one, Prevailing Faith and Prayer. So. Oh, very good. This fall, so, yeah. Very good. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Charisma Connection, and be sure to rate and review this show on iTunes. Check us out wherever you get your podcast, but be sure to stop in at cpnshows.com and see all of our other shows that we have here on the Charisma Podcast Network. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. <laughs>